the biggest thing, especially because all my clients are women, they deny themselves their worth. And I see it in like all different shapes and sizes. But the biggest trend I've seen, I'd say in the last couple of months in working with this new group of women in the program, they're denying themselves their worth on their journey to their dreams. So they'll say to themselves, so until I make a certain amount of money, then I'll do this. Until my business is a certain level, then I'll do this. Until my kids are a certain age, and then I'll do this. And so they're denying themselves actually living in their worth on their journey to their dreams. And that's just you living in scarcity. That's not you living in abundance. Welcome to the Juicy CEO Podcast. Listen, it's time to give you some hard truths. So sit up and pay attention. If you don't know how to stand out online today, you have already lost. In order to create credibility, influence, and real staying power, you have to build a personal brand with some juice. So join me, personal brand strategist, coach, and breast cancer survivor, Monique Bryan, each Wednesday morning as I teach you all the tips and tricks I use to build my six-figure brand while in remission. It's time for you to get to that juicy CEO status by learning from some badass women in business who've been where you are, showing you that juicy CEOs are made, not born. So sit back, relax, And let's get ready to get into the juice. Hello, my lovelies. Today, we're going to talk about your money, honey. One of my favorite subjects, although I will admit it was not always one of my favorite subjects. But today, I have the queen of finance in the building who's going to be dropping all that juice on living abundantly and giving us some practical tips on how to get our money right. Because as she says, wealth is our birthright. I want to introduce you to Vanessa Bowen, who is a chartered professional accountant and master neuro-linguistic programming practitioner and the founder of Mint Worthy Co. Inc., a personal finance coaching platform that helps women shift their relationship with money and take control of their finances. After a decade in corporate finance and public accounting, working with international businesses across North America, Vanessa decided to pursue her passion for personal finance, shifting her focus to empowering women to live life on their own financial terms. With her holistic coaching strategies, Vanessa equips women with the tools and methods needed to break bad money habits, because girls, I know you all have them create new mindset shifts, and blaze a path to lifelong financial freedom. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you for having me, my love. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I love your website. I love your juicy colors. And we were just talking offline. I love her hair. Okay, you guys need to just go look it up. I'm just like obsessed with it. And she's like, Monique, you can have it. I was like, girl, you go shave that off so I can make some waves. And Monique can have some beautiful curly frohawk. That she always wanted. I'm just saying. You can have it, boo. Whenever you're ready, just let me know. Snip, snip. <laughs> Snippity snips. I love that you have these two pieces of trading, this like practical training from the accountant side and then the NLP side, which I didn't know about until I read your bio. And I was like, ooh, because the mindset shift piece, like that is the name of the game. We can always go and make more money. But if we got, if our mind ain't right, I feel like we are doomed. <laughs> Would you agree with that? hundred percent. And that's the thing when it comes to like our financial world, we hardly talk about the mindset. We hardly talk about your relationship with money. That's where the change comes first. It's not in 
you know, how you manage. It's how you see money and how you relate to money. And what are some of the like key things you're seeing as like the number one roadblocks with people in their money mindset? Yeah, the biggest thing, especially because all my clients are women, they deny themselves their worth. And I see it in like all different shapes and sizes. But the biggest trend I've seen, I'd say in the last couple of months in working with this new group of women in the program, they're denying themselves their worth on their journey to their dreams. So they'll say to themselves, so until I make a certain amount of money, then I'll do this. Until my business is a certain level, then I'll do this. Until my kids are a certain age, and then I'll do this. And so they're denying themselves actually living in their worth on their journey to their dreams. And that's just you living in scarcity. That's not you living in abundance. So one of my clients in particular, she even said like, because she's in debt, she doesn't want to enter a relationship until she pays off that debt because she doesn't want her new partner to see how much debt she's in. So you're denying yourself of what you truly desire because of what your bank account looks like or because of how much debt you're in. And I think that's the biggest thing I'm seeing is we're subconsciously blocking ourselves from the life that we desire because of what we see in our financial statements or, or our bank account. Oh my gosh, that is so, it's almost like I'm, I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked because I think back to when, you know, when I first met my husband now, I was so embarrassed about my debt. I hid it for a long time until it was necessary to discuss it. Right. Yeah. But even up until, until we actually, until we had to, until we got engaged. <laughs> Years and years, like eight years later, I was like, um, we should talk about some serious things because we're going to be merging our lives. We should probably talk about this. So what was interesting is I didn't talk about my finances. So I never asked him about his because I didn't want to know. I didn't want him asking me about mine. Right. And it's like, you can't enter into like a union, a partnership without these conversations. And I remember like sweating and be like, oh my God, he's going to think. Like outside, Monique looks like she has it together, but she's like this, the worst person when it, because her money isn't in, isn't in alignment. So like, what kind of things do you like? What do you tell them? How do you get? Because I think it's, it's valid, right? Like you're scared and you don't want to do things. You don't want to go further into debt. So like, what kind of like shifts do you give me some shifts? Give them, give them the shit. Who give them the shifts so they can live in their worth. Well, I think the first thing is starts with you knowing you're worthy right now. And I think that's the hardest thing for us to comprehend. Like we allow our self-worth to be dictated by our net worth. And it's like, it doesn't matter what your bank account is at. It doesn't matter where your business is at. Like you're worthy right where you are. And I think that's the biggest shift in our mindset is like seeing our worth because how we feel, how we look at ourselves in our mirror, it's our self-identity. And if you already identify and see yourself as someone who's not worthy, it doesn't matter like what you do or what you try to do. You have to see yourself as worthy to begin with. And a lot of that is really the inner work. It's literally digging to say, okay, what's causing me to not feel worthy? Some of the times it's past financial mistakes. It's past relationship mistakes. Like all of that is like coming together to create the image that we see in ourselves. And it's like, no, like, Those are just experiences you had in the past. They don't define you. Like you get to define you and you get to send your worth no matter what things look like outside of you. And it's interesting that we talk about like your past experiences, your past mistakes, because I I know for myself, like I held on that, uh, held on to that for a long time, right? Like even after you start a business and then you want to start, like maybe that doesn't work out and you want to start a new business. You know, what was following me back in the day was just like, well, it didn't work last time. What makes you think it's going to work this time? Yes. You weren't good with your money last time. 
You spent it on all these different things and it you weren't were focused on the right things, right? But what I found pushed me past that was more of, well, I'm not willing to go and work at a regular job. So Monique, what do you, it was kind of like you, ha- you don't really have a choice. You better go yeah. damn well figured out because you're the worst employee. So right now you better go, you better make your business work out. So I recruited help, right? So that's like what people come to you for, right? Cause you're a coach and you do the financial management. So I'd love it if you shared a little bit about like how, like maybe the process. A little bit of like how you work, how you do the practical and you do the mindset piece. Do, do you do them together? I do, but my number one rule is mindset first. So we don't even go to the practical until we've shifted the mindset because my belief is like I can create a sexy financial plan for you. But if you have those same limiting beliefs, like you said, you're still living in your past mistakes. You're not going to be able to connect to that plan and follow that plan. So always in my process is mindset first. And it starts with literally unearthing their blocks and going back. Like, what are your childhood stories about money? How were your parents with money? Because a lot of our deepest blocks were created when we were kids, like in our childhood, because when we were born, money was nothing, right? We were a clean slate. We didn't know what money was. So we learned from what we saw, what we heard. If we heard our parents say, I can't afford this. Or if we heard our parents say, you have to have two, three jobs, like all of the things that were ingrained in us in childhood are creating our adulthood money stories. So a lot of the work is really unearthing that childhood story and then getting my clients to then create their new story. And going back to what you were saying about, you know, we allow our past to dictate our future. A lot of the mindset shift is getting your mind to focus on where you want to go and less on where you've been. Because the more you focus on the future, the more your mind and your subconscious is going to gravitate towards that. You're going to move towards that. The more you focus on the past, you're just going to literally attract the same things that have kept you in that same spot. So yeah, always mindset first. And then we move on to actually building their financial plan out of this new identity, this new financial identity that they've now embodied. I love how you talk about how we can blame our parents right now, because I know that's where all my money mind block, like all my roadblocks come from that place. I can remember everything my parents have said growing up around money, around capitalism, around having too money, much money is bad. And then the people who have money are bad. And it was always like, well, if you make too much money, you're going to be one of the bad people. And then it was like, well, you've got to struggle and nothing, you know, like it was just, I just, I could write them all down and write a book and be like, I know it's not their fault because they got it from their parents and it's just like this trickle down effect. But for some of the women who are listening, because like um, a lot of women who listen have are have children, like what's I, I want you to like just talk to them right now and tell them how they can they break this cycle because it it stays with us till we're like 40 years old. Exactly. <laughs> so true. Right. And you're right. It's just this ripple effect. So that's a great point because you're right. If If someone has kids, they could be potentially just putting that story onto their Not even knowing, not not even realizing it. Yeah. So first step for me is like, you have to identify, you have to do the work on yourself first before you can shift to change how you're interacting with your kids. So just those simple questions of like, how were my parents with money and what money traits from my parents have I adopted? And then just looking at the life that you want to create financially and what mindset patterns do you have that don't align with that life? And then you can catch yourself, whether it's things that you're saying around the house. One of my clients, she even shared a story where her mom would take her sister and her out to go shopping. And whenever they came home, the mom would be like, okay, I'm going to go distract your dad. 
you go upstairs and run Every time. and hide the gifts. Right? Yeah. And I'm still hiding. Yeah. My husband doesn't right. listen to my podcast. I still hide stuff. Exactly. So something as simple as that creates this, this reality for us that like we have to hide. We have to have shame in what we purchase. Like we can't just purchase what we want. It's too much money. So even these small little things that our kids are experiencing are literally creating their identity around money. So it's not just what you say. If you're saying things like we can't afford or we have to struggle, obviously that's going to be hard and green in our mind, but it's also what you do, how you're interacting with them because they see everything. Even if you're just going through the bills and your head's down and you're like looking not too happy. Or you're ripping them up and throwing them away or avoiding opening them all together. Your kids pick up on all of that. So it's so true. You have to watch. You, you have to watch your behavior, but at the same time, I think what's missing as well. And I know in my childhood, we didn't talk about money. And I think that's the biggest thing as well is you have to talk to your kids about money. And I always recommend like bring them into the family finances. You don't have to show them how much debt you're in, but if you just like, here's your monthly or weekly money date and you explain to them, okay, this is what we spent on the mortgage or this is what we spent on hydro like they can get a sense of what it means to be financially responsible through something as simple as that and then my last tip because i really really advocate for this get them their own bank account when you can because that is going to teach them how to spend wisely and if they want let's say they're old enough and they want a toy then they know oh it's coming out of my account it's not coming out of mommy and daddy's right so it creates this complete shift and they learn how to spend intentionally. They're like, do I really want to use my money yeah. for that thing? I mean, if it was mommy and daddy's money, then we can let that go. But my own money, I like that. I like that a lot. And it just like, you're just like, all the things you're saying are the same things like I grew up with. Like It was like, you don't need any money. You just focus on your schoolwork. And then I never learned how to manage it. Right. And it was never talked about in my house. And if it was, it was always in a negative way. So I always grew up with that. And I had to like literally do all of this personal development and reshift my mind and like listen to like Brian Tracy and Jim Rohn and let's like all yes. of these like motivational speakers online and learn all these things about money, rich dad, poor dad, like all of these things totally shifted my mindset and my siblings mindset. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what has been happening in my life this whole time? I love my parents and everything, but I'm also like resentful to the, like at the same time, because I was like, I feel like I got to start life later because of that. Like, cause I was reading your, your bio, like your, your, on your website, you talk about like when you came out of university, you just didn't have like the financial, like know how to do the things. And you were just like drinking them Starbucks. And I was like, first of all, okay, I do want to go here though. Cause everybody on here knows Starbucks and Monique are friends and they bring me lots of joy. Right. So I do want to talk about good debt versus bad debt, but you had talked about, you know, trading your condo for a basement apartment and cutting back and like having store-bought caffeine, which I have an espresso machine. I'm working on it. And within five years, you saved over $100,000 and bought your first investment property. And I was like, that is freaking amazing. But now I'm in this like, I'm in a middle spot. And I know a lot of my clients are too, because you got these two different tra- trains of thought. You've got the save, cut back, you'll make your future will, will reward you. And this other side that being like, live your abundant life. You don't need to cut back. You need to make more. So learn how to run your business smarter and then you can have all the Starbucks you want. So please talk to us about these two lanes because I feel like I dance somewhere in the middle and I never want to feel guilty about having my Starbucks. I know. And I dance in the middle too. 
girl, like if anyone takes away my Starbucks, I'm not going to be happy. So I totally agree with that. I think there's a balance between them, though. And what I mean by that is if you're someone who's never managed your money, then you have to go on the side of creating a budget, creating a plan, because if you don't tell your money where to go, it's just going to go wherever it wants to go or wherever you want it to go in your emotional spending time. That day. Yeah, exactly. So there's a balance of, yes, you have to create a plan and make sure you're saving for the right things, especially as entrepreneurs. One thing we don't save for right away is retirement. Like, are you getting, are you having the right pocket set up to save? But then also, I think it's having the plan, but living out of the mindset of abundance. Hello, my lovelies. I hope you're listening closely because I'm about to come through with the juiciest of announcements. I don't know about you, but I am so sick and tired of Zoom learning and virtual connections. That is why I am so excited to announce that we have just opened applications for 25 badass women in business to join us in Miami in 2022 for the very first ever Momentum Personal Branding and Business Retreat. Yes, you heard me, Rat. We go into Miami. But first, let's get something straight. This is not a rah-rah retreat or a conference. Momentum is a personal brand building experience. It's a three and a half day hands-on training where we get to work. I am partnering with some of the top experts in the game. I'm talking marketing, social media, PR, intellectual property, branding. And over the weekend together, we are going to show you how to position yourself as a captivating industry leader who gets those premium paying clients and aligned speaking opportunities without a huge following or hiring an expensive PR team. Basically, we about to bust your personal brand into the next stratosphere. Plus, you're going to enjoy a luxe venue with Miami vibes, get that deck and swag bag filled with pampering and business goodies, pose for a stack of juicy new lifestyle headshots, and of course, mouth-watering eats and treats that demand to be shown over on the gram. My favorite part is I've created the juiciest personal brand playbook that you're going to be able to fill out on the spot so when you leave, you are ready to implement with strategy, confidence, and ease. So if you've been waiting for a sign that it's time to level up your presence and unleash your industry expertise, then this is the invitation that you have been waiting for. So here's the thing. We have limited spots available because we want to create this curated experience for every Every single one of you who get into that room. So once the spots are gone, they be gone. So if you know you want to be there, just visit bit.ly forward slash momentum retreat. Now let's get into the episode. So with that, like, are you, like you said, doing the things to advance your business? And then with that increased income, don't just hoard all that income away, like live in it, live in the abundance of it, treat yourself. Like do the Starbucks, do whatever you want. I think sometimes we think it's like one or the other, but I think you have to have the plan, have the mindset of abundance, build your abundance, but remember to live in it. It's not about building the abundance and then I'm just going to hoard it away and build my savings. You're not living. So you have to have that balance. And I think like the plan part is critical. 
And the I think the accountability is the next one. Like, I feel like if you're not good with money and you know it, no matter how many budgets you build, Monique and everyone else listening, including all my clients, it's not going to matter. Like the accountability piece is so key. So I have a financial person who looks at my, we look at my money every single Tuesday. I can't hide from it. I can't run from it. And it keeps me so accountable. I'm very careful how I spend my money now because I'm going to have to justify it, even though it's my money to the finance. They'll be like, why did you need that thing? What, what is this? What is this? And they're like so anti-fashion, right? They're just like, what is Zara? What is what? What? I don't understand. You needed the coat from Zara. You're not even going anywhere. So if I know I have to really want something to justify right. things that are not like they're not business expenses. They're just like when he wants to have it, which holds me accountable. So what are some of the like as when you're thinking about like women in their business, what are some of like the biggest mistakes you see them making with their finances right now? Yeah, great question. So it's twofold, I'd say. Mistakes on the business side and mistakes on the personal side. So on the business side, what I see with a lot of my entrepreneurial clients is they don't have, I'll say that visibility. So like you said, looking at your finances every week, I'm like, yes, not everyone does that. A lot of my clients They might have like the bookkeeper set up and the bookkeeper's doing stuff and that's great, but they're not looking at their P&L until tax time. And it's like, if you're running, no matter what your business is making, if your mindset is to build a profitable business, you have to be looking at your numbers. So I always say have a monthly business money date at the least. I love how you're doing it weekly. I need that accountability. By the end of the month, it's off the rails. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So at the very least, if you can't do weekly, please, please do monthly. I think that's the biggest thing. But the other part to it, you know, we build businesses and they're profitable, but there's also the cash flow impact. And a lot of business owners don't know how to manage the cash flow. Like there's two different pieces to the pie. You could be profitable, but you could be cash poor. Mm-hmm. That's not really like a legit business. Tell them. So one of the things I see from my clients from that cash flow perspective they're not setting things aside for like taxes, for annual expenses, for contingencies. So one of my recommendations, and I just do this personally, I like to have like three different business savings accounts. I have seven. So profit first, when I discovered this book, I was like, where have you been my whole life? It got a little convoluted because my brain doesn't like to talk, like doesn't like money after a while. But the yeah. fi- like the setting up the bank accounts has literally saved my life. No, but you're so right. And I think that is the thing people miss. It's you have to have these little pockets in order to effectively manage your business finances and manage the cash flow. So one of the biggest things I, I see for a lot of my clients, they got beautiful multiple six-figure businesses, but they're not setting aside taxes, like the cash for taxes. Mm-hmm. People will forget that one. That was a, and it's a hefty one of you in business at okay. the end of the year. You think you just la 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 la. And then the bill comes and you're like, Oh, I had not, in, I did not plan for that extra grands. Right. Florals. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, things like that. And, and also I like to have this is just a personal favorite for me, but I like to create a business contingency fund. So every month based on the net income of the business, I'll take 10% of that and I'll put it into the contingency fund. And I just use that for like, if I want to reinvest in the business, if I need to hire someone new, like I just have this pot so that I'm not pulling out of the operating cash flow. I've got this contingency to do whatever I want with the business. So I think for me personally, that's one of the ones I'd always recommend because you never know how your business is going to move and you never know where you're going to need cash for. So I just like having that stash for whatever I need it for. I like this. I don't have a business contingency one. I have, when I say seven, I have 
ones for personal and I have ones for business because even in my personal, I'm like, I need a travel one. I need one for the car because some always happen with a stupid ass car. And I'm like, and then what do I, I have one for like, like a clothes allowance because I know I'm going to do it. You know, it's like the things, you know, you're go- like, it's going to happen. I can't take away the things that Monique really wants. So if there's at least something going in there every month, I love that I can just go to it and be like, oh, you've got it. Like there's some of it's a couple of hundred, some of it's a couple of thousand, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I can go on vacation and not think about now I have to take it from somewhere. So the same thing with the business contingency. I really, really like that because things come up all the friggin' time. You want to do yeah. a campaign. You want a graphic designer for a month. You want yeah. someone to manage your social while you go away. Like, All of these things come up and we don't think about it, especially the hiring one, because that's been coming up a lot lately for my clients. They're like, I don't, they're they're in that I will hire someone when, meanwhile, if they have this constant contingency fund happening, they'll be in a much better place and they don't need to wait because it's kind of like that hiring thing. It's like you hire when you have the money, but you actually need them now in order to grow your business. And I would say that I think for me was one of the biggest mistakes I made. My mentor always said, hire before you're ready. And I was like, no, hire when, hire when. Always. So I totally agree with that. Definitely you have to hire before you're ready. You heard it here, guys. I don't want you to look at your business. Look at your business. And the cash flow statement she was talking about, very important because if we ain't got money flowing, we ain't a business. We're just going from, it's like check to check. It's like you've got your job. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Right. You can make a million dollars in your business and you can spend a million dollars in your business and you still be at the same damn spot. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> so tips to managing. Now, I would like to talk about your personal finances, because yeah. I know as business owners, they tend to sometimes melt together and they should not. No, they should not. Thank you for saying that. I had to learn it. I'm, I'm learning my financial person like, no, Monique, you cannot. No, clothes are not an expense in Canada. You can't write that off, though. Like, please, can I, though? I've been trying, girl. <laughs> I know, trust me, me too. The count is not playing around. He's like, is it a uniform? I'm like, it's a uniform. Yes, yes. exactly, like, right? Nice try. They can do it in the States, though. They can't do it in Canada. It's crazy. Anyways, I, I digress. Personal finances, talk to me. Yeah, yeah. So great, great point. Personal. So you touched on going back to the accounts and vacation and, and I'll say annual expenses. That's one of the things that I think people miss. I am an advocate for having multiple accounts. So like we were saying, like how you have, definitely have your multiple accounts on your personal side. Definitely have a one for vacation. Because like you said, like we're going to go away. Like it's, you're going to go away. Please, you are. Don't pretend like you're not, but do you have the money for it? And then another account that I like to have is what I call annual expenses. And those are things like the car maintenance, but also include things like gifts. Like Christmas gifts, birthday mm, gifts, because one. we have to spend, right? Like you're going to have to buy your loved one something, but do you have the money set aside? So gifts go into that account. And typically what we do is we'll look at how much we expect to spend in the year and create a budget for those things in the year and then just divide it by 12. And then every month that amount's just going into that account. So car maintenance, gifts, if you pay property taxes, not monthly, but maybe every three months or whatever that is. Basically, anything that you have to spend in the year that's not a typical monthly expense, I like to have that in a separate account. And your personal taxes. People forget that. And your personal taxes. That's another account. You don't see that coming when they're letting the tax man comes. You're like, I owe you? You're supposed to give me money back. No. Ready? Oh, and you know what I really like that's exciting? Is when you put the money aside for your personal or your business tax in these two separate accounts and you've put too much 
So yes. what ends up happening is you you get the bill and you're like, please, I got this in the bank in its separate account and it's less than what you put away. Now you've got extra thousands. Yes. To just go do and I'm just rain. Just making it rain. <laughs> that is the best. It's like free money, Mike. Isn't it's, it? not, it's your money. It's not free. No, it feels free. It feels free. I'm it not going so to pay debt with that. I'm going and living it up with that. Oh my God. I love you. I legit had a call with my accountant two days ago and then he told me how much I owed and I had that extra cash. I'm like, where are we going to spend it right? today? <laughs> I'm so, I'm waiting. I'm my, he's doing my taxes right now. I'm waiting. I was like, the HST money is there. The business tax money is there. I am waiting because last year it was nice and hefty. The extra that was in there. I was like, yee, money's going on vacation. So true, though. Oh, my These God. These are the things that make us excited. Yeah. This is, well, this is what, and this is when you, I love, it's it's that mindset shift, right? It's like yeah. when you've got these new habits and these new rituals, and it was, it was, it took training. It took like yeah. a good two years for me to get in that mindset that I'm actually excited that there's money in these accounts to do these things with. And in the beginning, no, it was hard. I didn't want to. I was like, I don't understand what this extra little 200 is going every month. The car is fine. I don't understand. If it, if something goes down, we'll just buy another one. It's fine. Meanwhile, little things come up and it eats away at your profits, right? So true. So get those damn, get, get the accounts, guys. Get the accounts. Okay. You heard yes, it here twice, three times over. So before we let, before we let you go, I'd love it if you shared any simple money mindset rituals, because we know it starts with the mindset. You've given some great practical tools, but guys, if you stink and thinking, ain't nothing going to happen. It's just like when we talk about building your brand. If you don't have that mindset that you're going to be coming out here and in here for the long haul, just, just quit, just quit now. Just, just don't start. Just don't waste your time. So what are some of the money mindset rituals you could share with the peeps? Yeah. Ones. If they really want the good ones, I'll have to work with you, but you know, little <laughs> ones. Yeah. So I'll say one of my favorites is I call it the three M's to a money morning because mm. I truly believe how you start your morning, how you start your day, you start your day with the right mindset. You're going to have a beautiful day. Mm. So for me, those three M's, and this is why I teach my clients, it starts with your manifesto. So that is like that money manifesto, that guiding principle for your life, your vision for your life. So you do that. The second one is a money meditation. And this could look however you want it to look. I like to see money like flowing to me and just like coming to me, like bathing for me. Like, hello. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So whatever money meditation works for you. And then the third one is your mantras. I'm very big on mantras Mm -hmm. because that is truly how you just have this, this time to rewire your subconscious. But you have to write your mantra in a way that speaks to your subconscious mind. I think that's sometimes the the loophole when people create their mantras. They're not they're not writing it in a way that's actually reprogramming their subconscious. So make sure you're writing your mantra in a way that actually speaks to your subconscious. But I always love to write mine. So I write mine 10 times every day and it will change. Typically every month or so I'll play with a new one, but I at least want to write one every day 10 times in the morning. So mine right now is, well, okay, I'm switching up between two. But my current one is I'm receiving all the money and abundance that the universe has for me now. Yeah, those are some, I would say for your morning, definitely start with that. But one other fun mindset trick is to sample your dream. And going back to what we were saying when we started of how we deny ourselves on the journey to our dreams. You don't have to wait until you have the money. If your dream is to always eat at certain restaurants or always shop at a certain store or always fly first class, 
you could do that now, your next trip, just save a little more, fly first class, you know, save a little more and go buy, you know, designer bag, whatever you want. Like you don't have to wait until. And I think that's the thing that we we do. We stop ourselves and you can have these indulgences on the way. It's not like you're going to spend this all the time, but once in a while, absolutely you should, because you're going to feel abundant. You're going to feel worthy and that's going to shift your vibration for you to attract more money and then live more in that work. Sample your dreams, sample that abundance, people. I love it. Okay, so there's something I wanted to read that you wrote that I felt people can go and listen to and take with them before we leave here, okay? So this is something a Juicy Queen said. Her name is Vanessa, right here. I'm scared. She said, wealth is your birthright. You are meant to live those bold, audacious dreams. You are meant to provide your family with a life greater than you imagine. You have full permission to create a life you love, experience all the desires of your heart, and have all the money necessary to do so. And let me say this, that's not selfish. It's you doing what most people fail to do in their lifetime. Live their best life. Ah, I have chills. Right? I did when I read it. I was like, that. That is what I want people to remember when they leave here. So, Vanessa, I want to thank you so much for being here, for sharing all of your juice. Please tell everybody where is the best place to connect with you online? Definitely Instagram at MintworthyCo is where you'll find me. Amazing. And we're going to link to your social. We're going to link to your Unblock Abundance Program, your website, all of that. So guys, stinking thinking is not going to get you where you want to be. And you just saying it so ain't going to get you there either. You've got to mix the mindset and the practical. And if you missed it, go back to the beginning, get your notebook and write it down. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you, Monique. Thank you so much for having me. If you enjoy this episode, then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss the juice every single week. And if you thought this episode was super juicy, it would mean the world if you gave it a five-star rating and left a review over on iTunes so I could keep bringing the juice to more people who need it. And if you want to win some juicy swag, I want you to take a screenshot of this episode from wherever you're listening, then post it to your stories and tag me over on Instagram at Monique Bryan underscore co. That's Brian with a Y and you will automatically be entered to win. Until next time, my lovelies, keep building that brand over a business and raising your juicy CEO status.